Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week we bring a woman who can help you in so many ways, in so many areas of your life. You know, I've had the blessing to connect with so many amazing women with so much wisdom, insight, and experience, and sharing that with each other, and and so basically decided that it's time to write about those women. We have co-authored a book It's called Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. It will soon be available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Uh, So I'm excited to bring you one uh, one of our authors. This is how we're going to, the next several weeks is what we're going to be doing is our contributing offers to the Leading Women book. And my first uh, contributing author is Gloria Felt. Now, she is an international expert on women and power, and her mission is to empower women everywhere, and we can learn so much for her. And as part of this mission, Gloria co-founded Take the Lead Women, which was launched earlier this year, and over 3,000 women in in attendance and over a million around the world were on a live streaming uh, uh, for this event. I also had the opportunity to attend that, and I have not ever, I was so inspired. Cheryl Sandberg was there. There were so many amazing women speaking. It was, it was absolutely an amazing event. Now, Gloria's essay in our book is called From Oppression to Leadership, Women Redefine Power. I'm excited to talk more about this and her progress with Take the Lead. So I am so pleased to invite Gloria Felt back to conversations with smart, amazing women. Gloria, thank you so much for being with me today. It's so exciting about this new book. Thank you, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be with you as always. We've got a lot of things going on, and you've got things going on. What I'm really excited about is all the things that we're going to combine as far as our efforts to really empower women and help women in leadership roles and help them to truly find their passion and, and their purpose and everything that they want in this lifetime. And I think that's so exciting. That's right. We're taking the lead together, right? We are. We are. We absolutely are. Well, And we'll talk about the book here in a little bit. But today it's about you because you are one of the leading women in the book, Leading Women, and your story and what you've accomplished and what you're continuing to do in the world is so very, very important. And your personal story I I really believe that's the most important story that we can tell other women is that personal story of our own, talking about where we've been and why we're doing what we're doing. Because I think women have this uh, unique, well, maybe it's an issue sometimes. When we look at someone who's successful and doing really well, we think somehow it's easy, it's been easy for them. And you and I, Gloria, both know that's far from the case. <laughs> far from the case. But anyway, yes. let's, talk, let's talk about your personal story, and then we'll talk about your books and everything you're doing as far as leadership for women in, in the world. But your story is very inspiring, and it's very moving. Well, I do agree with you, Nancy, that, that we learn the most from personal stories. And sometimes I sometimes I'm very cognizant of the fact that my my personal story is something that is it, it's relatable to many people because as you say 
we look at successful women, we look at successful people, and we think, oh, how fortunate they are, and oh, they must have had all of these advantages. But I, I feel like it's, um, you know, it's almost a, a necessity for me to share with other people that I started out as a teen mom in rural West Texas. And it was not exactly a place of power. It was not a place of privilege or having intentions about my life. And and I sort of had to I, I sort of had to come at it from a very different path than what we would consider the normal. You know, you finish high school, you go to college, you know what you want to do, you start in a career, you then maybe get married and have children. But you know, that's that's the usual sequence. Oh no, I did it all just backwards, totally backwards. Um, I fell in love with my high school sweetheart. I got pregnant at 15. I married him, went off to Odessa, Texas. Uh, There was an oil boom going on then, and he was able to get a job at a uh, petrochemical plant, and I was all set to become super mom. That was truly what I thought I wanted to be because that was what the culture of the time was telling me what I wanted to be. And I love my children. I adore them. I had three by the time I was age 20. But you know what? Something happened at that point, and I woke up. It was like a light bulb went off in my head. And my poor son has heard this story so many times. He calls himself Mom's Light Bulb. And I just, you know, I don't know whether it was partly maturity or partly just that I had always been a relatively smart kid in school, and I I, I began craving knowing more, understanding more. So I started to the local community college at that time, and I um, it took 12 years for me to finish college uh, because there was only a community college in Odessa for a long time, and finally the University of Texas opened up a branch. Meanwhile, though, the good part of that was that it it, it gave me time to get myself involved in community volunteer activities. It was the era of the civil rights movement, and I began to get myself immersed in social justice causes. And then I had another epiphany, which was, oh, if there are civil rights, then women must have them too. So by the time I was able to go back to school, I had been teaching at Head Start, I I had done some professional things as well, and 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 I was, I was just a different person by the time I was able to go back and finish my degree. Uh, at I guess I was in my early 30s at that point, about 32 or so. And um, you know, my intention was to be a high school social studies teacher because that was a, a traditional kind of job for a woman, and it seemed to sure. fit. And I I do love teaching. I did then, and I still do now. And uh, as luck would have it, I was actually uh, invited to uh, apply for a position as executive director of a very small, very new Planned Parenthood affiliate in West Texas, and thinking I had no qualifications and would never be hired, but that I had never had a formal job interview before, so it would be good experience, I threw together a resume and I went for an interview, and lo and behold, they hired me. So, you know, you just sometimes you have to decide, are you going to say yes? To yeah. an opportunity that presents itself, or are you going to say no and keep trying to go down this other path? And 
for me, it was a. I had to make a decision very quickly, and and I've never regretted going. You know, changing my changing my path because of this opportunity presented itself, and I said yes. And I years later, when when one of my grandsons was doing a, a writing an essay, and he decided to interview me, he said, "Grandmother, how did you do all the things you did in your life, given where you started out?" And I said, "Well, yeah. I just said yes, and that's my that's my yeah. mantra. Just say yes." So that started me on a career I would have never anticipated, a 30-year career with Planned Parenthood, ending as the national president, which was great and wonderful. And then I decided I wanted to have a simpler life and write books, and and it didn't stay simple very long. I ended up, after my last book, deciding to start Take the Lead with a colleague, and here we are working together, you and me, Nancy, to get women to leadership parity. Absolutely. Your story and mine sound very, very similar. You know, I did everything backwards, too. But I think that's the important thing is that, you know, for me, that was my daughter's was to really, uh, you know, a lot of that had to do with them. Finishing my education was very, very important. But every time I went back for another degree, I had another child. So so, so by the time I had, when I was coming, uh, when I finished my doctorate, I remember thinking to myself, "Gee, now I can have the the perfect child. You know, now I can I can really I know so much about parenting, and now that I'm getting my doctorate, I should have my fourth and my perfect child." And of course, my husband at the time looked at me and said, "You've lost your mind," and, and probably I had at that point. But, but anyway, no. As far as as far as the paths that we take, it's often the growth that occurs. I think for most women, is when we really are. Uh, you know, things aren't perfect. We're struggling a little bit or we're working very hard to achieve a goal, but there's transition, there's growth that always occurs. I've talked a lot about tragedy to triumph or from whatever issue, but that we always find this way to kind of turn the corner. But uh, as far as women's leadership, though, I mean, really, what really got your attention? I mean, we know that there aren't enough women leaders in 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 the country right now. We know that other countries... Have had women in leadership roles of much greater stature than we have ever had. You know, Secretary of State is the highest, probably the highest office that has been held by a woman. Other than that, we don't really have women in leadership roles uh, that really stand out compared to other countries. That's very, very true. And what what got me completely obsessed with the topic was in 2008, Elle magazine asked me to write an article about women running for office. You know, it was that moment, which you may recall, when it appeared we might have our first female president. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yes, right. Well, and and I started looking into the story, and we all thought it was going to be a nice puff piece on, oh, my goodness, we might have a woman president, and so all of these women are going to be running for office because they will now have this role model and what I found was that the story was women weren't running for office, that, in fact, women were only about half as likely as men ever to even think of running for office. And I looked at the scene, and I saw that there were dozens of organizations whose mission was to help women run for office, Republican, Democrat, in, in, nonpartisan. They spent millions of dollars every year recruiting, training, helping women run. And yeah. yet women were not running. Right. What I also found was that when women ran, they were as likely to win as men, statistically. And that, in fact, the public was now trusting women more than men, I would say, for some good reasons. 
to uh, to be in political office. So I I started looking at why what is going on. I interviewed the heads of all of these organizations, and they said to me as though they were re- it was like they were each one reading from a script. They would say, well, a man gets up in the morning, he looks at himself in the mirror, and he says, I believe I'll run for president. Yeah, yeah. A woman may be interested in politics, and she'll say, well, first I should learn something. Yeah. First I should take a course. Right. First I should work in some campaigns, and then maybe I'll know enough that I can run for office. May- or maybe I should start with the school board, and then I can move on, and eventually in 20 years I'll run for Congress. Yeah. I, well, by that time... Qualified. Yeah, right. I need to get qualified. And 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 then the truth was that to get a woman even to put her hat in the ring, she had to be asked multiple times. And so I I looked at the research and there were there were some books that had been written that said women had less ambition than men. I didn't believe that. I just didn't think that was right. So I wanted to dig more deeply. And my conclusion after looking at all the research and, and interviewing women across the country, and frankly, Nancy, looking into my own heart and my own path, and realizing that I myself had, had had many issues around embracing power and using it in a positive, proper way, okay. that really women were, were, were dealing with a very ambivalent relationship with power that we have lived in a world and we all grow up in the same culture and it's really hard to change a culture while you're living in it. So we ingest the same cultural stereotypes as the men do to a very great extent. And in fact, in fact, uh, there are studies that find that women and men are equally likely to see men as the archetype of the word leader. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then what we also know is that there is this phenomenon called uh, stereotype threat, and that when you break your gender stereotype, you don't right. get treated very well. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. not surprising that women have this ambivalent attitude right. about there's, power because you know it's it's risky. Yeah, there's not a lot of cheer, there's not a lot of cheerleaders out there. There's not a lot of people that are really really promoting them. And even after becoming leaders, there's not a lot, there's not as much support. You know, exactly. Uh, I was talking earlier this week uh, to a group, and again, women about power. And I think that's an important topic, uh, Gloria, because you're right. Women just really struggle with that word. And so basically, you know, uh, when I was speaking to women, I asked them if they had enough power. And it's almost, you know, I think about half the women raised their hand. But, you know, I mean, the point is, is that is a, that is a scary word for a lot of women. But, but when we take it, the power of to the power to do the things that you want to do, I think it changes the way women perceive that word. And, and, I, and it's not that women don't want it. It's just that you're, you're right, though. There's that stereotypical, you know, I, I was walking, uh, I mean, I was in the store, and I was watching this woman. She had a little boy. She called him a little man. She calls him mm. a little man. But you see a woman with a little girl, she calls her a princess. And so, right, what, what happens is we, we start to hear immediately uh, young women, young girls, that, you know, you're a princess, you, you need somebody to take care of you, you know, you're, you're not really in that, in that position to really, you know, take charge. And, but at the same time, she, here's this woman talking to a toddler that he's a little man. You know what I'm saying? Wow, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite an interesting example. But, we, we really need to keep talking to women and men and, and how they're re- re- rearing their children to really perceive themselves. 
correct. It does start very, very early in life, and and it's hard to shake. And even even when you understand intellectually the injustice of of it all, it's hard to it's hard to just change the behaviors. So the next thing that I realized was again, as I, I looked at all the data, was that that the dynamics were the same. Although I had been studying it, it, it related to politics, the dynamics are exactly the same. Whether we're talking about women entrepreneurs trying to raise funding for their businesses, whether we're talking about corporate uh, world, the corporate world, and 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 moving into the C-suite, whether we're talking about who does the laundry at home, it's it really is about women's own relationship with power. And and having what I call a lack of uh, less intention than men. I, I won't call it a lack. I, it, it is a different socialization. And in many respects, the way women have been socialized and the resulting behaviors that we exhibit are exactly what the world is crying out for now. Right. As the fact that women are more risk averse is something that would have benefited the entire country, if not the entire world, and perhaps would have. It prevented the financial meltdown of recent years. And, you know, that's why they started saying, what if Lehman Brothers had been Lehman Sisters? It would have been a different story, most likely, because women's leadership proclivities are a little different from men's. Well, so I started then looking at what to do about it. I, you know, I've been a practical activist all my life. I, I'm, I'm interested in the context. I'm interested in the social psychology of all of it. But then I really want to get down to some brass tacks. You know what? I want to fix it. I want to do something. And, and that turns out to be a rather gendered reaction also. W- women, women are really good at fixing stuff. And you're <laughs> right. <laughs> you're right. When, when you can get women to change their definition of power from what we have learned as being the power over, which has a yeah. very negative connotation, just as you said, and it also implies that there's a finite pie of power. If I take a slice, there's less for you. But women are really good at baking more pies. And so if I can get women to realize, no, reframe it in your own mind to the power to, the power to make life better, the power to fix things, the power to make those more pies. So the more there is, the more there is. If I help you, we actually end up collectively having more power, and we are able to accomplish more in this world. And, in fact, power itself is amorphous. I, I liken it to a hammer. With a hammer, you can build something or you can break something apart. It's all about what you do with it. And if you're going to use that power in an ethical and positive manner, why shouldn't you have it? Why shouldn't you embrace it and claim it and name it and use it for good? That's what I want women to do. Well, you know, and again, the example is the more women that are coming to the table, they're bringing other women with them. You know, your your principle. You know, your mission is to has always been about leadership and helping women to come to the table and be a, a participant at the table. My goal has always been to help other women help one another to do the same. You know, so so I think there's different ways to accomplish that. But but I really truly believe, and and I'm and I'm sure you agree as well, is that if more and more more and more women did support each other. If we did actually get behind one another and say, you know, gee, I'm gonna I'm gonna support you. Uh, any way I can to take on this role as a leader or whatever position that you want, I think we would have uh, such a different, such a different outcome and, and so much different chemistry. It's when women truly do support one another, and you know, I mean, again, women are starving for mentors. They're starving for women that will 
help them up that ladder. You know, none of us have gotten anywhere. I don't know about you, but me, I've not gotten anywhere without the assistance of other other women in my life. You know, I was very blessed to have lots of wonderful mentors and, and role models to help me to become who I am today. And, and I'm sure that uh, you know, and not, not every woman has that. And she's, uh, you know, that's what people are starving for, women are starving for, is a good mentor, a good person to sh- help show them the way to do all these things. Yes, and, and I think that the good news about that, and one of the things that I do with Take the Lead is, uh, is, to, is that those are learnable and teachable skills. Right. You know, mentorship, either either being a mentor or knowing how to get a mentor and how to use one properly. Those are learnable, teachable skills. And and also, we don't inherently necessarily understand that the way to to feel more personally empowered, the way not to feel isolated if we're the only woman in a workplace, the way to to have a sense of our own ability to accomplish things in life. Is is something that requires us to reach out to other people to be a sister. I call this sister courage. So it's one yeah. of my one of my power tools is is creating a movement, and and I call that the, the the skills that it takes to create a movement sister courage because it has three parts. One, be a sister. Reach out and help someone else. Ask for help when you need it. Don't let yourself be isolated. Second, have the courage to raise the issues that need to be dealt with. And so often we back off. It's We don't want to have conflict. We don't want to engender controversy. Well, we but we need to be disliked. We want to be liked and loved. We want to be loved. Oh, yes, and we're taught to be nice, aren't we? Yes, yeah, nice, nice girls. Oh, it's such a curse to be taught to be nice, yes. But, you know, you know the saying, well-behaved women rarely make history. It's one of my favorite T-shirt. My, my grandmother always said, "Pretty is as pretty does." You know. What I mean? Yes, like, right, exactly. So, so great. be a sister. Have the courage to raise the issues, but then take it a next step. And this is where you have to really teach people how to do it. And that is to put the sister and the courage together with a strategy. Right. What's your plan? Um, what? Where are the PowerPoints that you need to reach? Where are the who? Can, who can make the decisions that would make your life better? Who can help you advance in your career? Who are the right. people that you need to make relationships with? And and that's on the personal level. And then if you want to make systemic change, it's the same thing. You know, if, right. if what you think is that your workplace should have more flexible hours so that you can go to your kid's soccer game, there's a way to get that. And there's plenty of data now that shows that, that the, the companies get more employee loyalty and better performance when they do have more flexibility. So you have to, but you have to put your data together. And then if you want to change bigger systems, it's the same process. It's how you change laws, policies, whatever it is that you want to to change in this world, it's that same simple process, but you cannot do it alone. Trying to do it alone is a losing strategy. Well, you know, that's why I've always liked you is because we're all we're both on the same page because the Women Connect for Good Foundation and Women Speak is all about that. Women helping women to achieve their goals and taking their time, their talent, and their passion and making a difference. So this is we're on the same page and, and you're now and we're now in the same book, Leading Women. <laughs> yes, that's, a, that's great. No, you know, I, I want to tell you, can I tell you a story about someone who helped me and I didn't, even realize what was going on at the time. And this is not the traditional mentor-mentee relationship. And and I wanted to tell this story because just because, you know, because you are putting so much emphasis on women helping women, it's the kind of thing that 
I don't know if she knew how she was going to affect my life. My first boss and my first job, my first full-time job was teaching at Head Start. And the woman who ran the Head Start program, it was brand new. It was before it was part of the public school system. So it was all kind of, you know, just being created as we were going, as we were doing it. She was a crusty, brusque journalist who had retired and was just a real raving social liberal and had had offered to take on this, this new cause of creating a Head Start program in Odessa, Texas, not the exactly the most progressive place in the world. And she she was one of those people who not many people really liked her. They, you know, you just, it was hard. She was prickly. She was hard to really get to know. But she obviously saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And she kept asking me to take on roles and tasks that I would have never volunteered for. And I got experience I would have never had otherwise if I had not had that opportunity. So number one, she helped me by doing that. Sadly, she had breast cancer and did not get it treated in in a timely fashion. And during the summer that she was ill, I had visited her several times in the hospital. And one day when I was there, she handed me an envelope. And in the envelope was a letter of recommendation. Wow. And very sadly, she died not too long after that. And it was that letter of recommendation that influenced the the Planned Parenthood board to offer me the position, even though I had no experience in that field. She, you know, who who would have known? I didn't ask her. I wouldn't have even thought about it. But I've thought about that story many times since then. And it makes me think, you know, even if somebody doesn't ask me, I'm going to try to do something to pass forward what Mildred did for me. Right. And you're doing that. You do that every day with Take the Lead and, and your books and everything else that you're doing, Gloria. You, you, you know, you've brought thousands of women together and you're doing just that, which is, you know, that's it. You're, passing, you're paying it forward. You're passing it on. And I think that's, that's the exciting thing about what we're all doing, you know, is that we're, we're building this, this, this community of women who truly get it, who truly just want to help one another. And there's no there's no uh, hidden agendas. <laughs> you nice. Know, you know, it's so funny when I've invited people to be guests and talk to them and then say, well, I'll promote your book, I'll promote whatever you're doing, I really want to help you. They're, they're, I mean, I, I remember when I first started doing that, there was almost like, really? You know, you really want to do that? And, I'm, and I said, that's all I'm doing. That's what Women Connect for Good is. That's what Women Speak is. It's about really helping to empower women to do what they want to do and by supporting you. You know, and they're like, oh, okay. And, you know, and this is how this continues to grow is, like you said, the Mildreds in the world that are out there. Now there's Gloria, now there's Nancy, and there's lots of us that are out there doing just exactly the same thing, which is, you know what? I'm just here to help you along. I'm here, uh, you know, I've, I have some resources, I have some experience, and I have some knowledge, and all I want to do is help you to get where you want to go. And, and it's, it's so pure. <laughs> but it's so and much you're, fun. It, it is fun. It is fun. And you're, and you're doing such a great job of, of getting the messages out there with your newsletters and, 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 all, and your radio shows and all these things that you're doing. You're doing such a magnificent job of getting the word out. And, and that encourages other women to take the same philosophy that you have. 
I, I know there's many of us, and I know when we find each other, it's just a joyful experience. Just like I like we've met and, and we've joined, and when I was in Arizona, but uh, you know your book, and we really haven't talked about your book. But again, I want you to to be sure, and we want to promote what you're doing. We want to promote the book that we are sharing together. So there are many, many things. But what would you like for everyone to know about promoting what you're doing right now, Gloria, that's important to you? I'd love for them to go to TakeTheLeadWomen.com and look at the various different workshops, courses, opportunities that we offer women to, to get more skills, but also to connect with one another. We have a digital platform, our our own Take the Lead community that you can join and, and talk with other women. And it's it's if you think about take if you think about LinkedIn meets Meetup, our digital platform is kind of like that because you can you can okay. meet people who are like you and you can talk to them. But then it's also a way that if you're in the same location, you can figure out how to get together if you like, and to to continue the conversation. Um, and we're we're we have things like an online leadership certificate course that uh, is taught and you can do it on your own time and it i think it enables busy women to be able to not only gain skills but again to gain a network of other women who do share their concerns and the, who they can learn from so taketheleadwomen.com has a lot of good material on it also people who were not able to be with us Nancy you you were at in Arizona for the take the lead launch event in, Febru- in February of 2014, but uh, not everyone was able to be there. But but everyone can watch the entire program featuring Cheryl Sandberg and Carla Harris and some other really great, inspiring women. Uh, it, it's on our website as well and, and available to them. Yeah, I'm really. I, I still uh, every day someone says to me, you know, I sat my daughters down and I said, you're going to watch this from beginning to end. <laughs> You know, it was it was really no nonsense, and it was so well stated. Each person stated it so well that you know you just walked away and you felt good about being a woman, and you felt good about all the opportunities and the potential that you that 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 are out there for women to truly achieve their goals. All that, and we had poetry, and we had songs, and we had we had lots of fun. Lots, lots of fun, and you know what? Women are we're getting smarter about that. We're we're learning that we can work together, work hard together, but we also can have a lot of fun doing it. That's the Indeed. Part. Indeed. But, uh, so your yep. book, No Excuses, Nine Ways Women Can Change How We Think About Power, is extremely important. I encourage people to read that because, again, we need to understand that we all have been born with this power. We all have this power. So it's a matter of, of going ahead in this God-given power that we've been given. Is go ahead and use it. It's okay. It's okay to use it, isn't it? Open your eyes because what you need is almost always there if you have the wisdom to see it and the courage to use it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we're so busy looking in a narrow channel in fr- right in front of us that we don't really see the capabilities that we actually do have and the resources and the people who care about us who are actually there and ready to support us just, just like you do, Nancy. And, and, but, but, you know, stop, breathe, take a, take a minute. Think about it. Yeah, You'll okay. usually see the resources you need are there to accomplish yeah. whatever you want to accomplish in this world. I 
really like Sheryl Sandberg's uh, statement, what would you do if you weren't afraid? If you weren't afraid, that's right. You know, I was talking to somebody just yesterday who said uh, that she kept on her desk a mug with the saying that Eleanor Roosevelt always used that was similar to that, which is do something every day that you fear. Yeah. And she said, yeah. every day I look at that mug and I take five minutes and I write down the thing that I'm afraid to do. Yeah. And I make sure that I do it before I do anything else that day. And I thought that is such a good tip. I'm going to start passing it on to everybody and doing it myself. Now, there's, there's no doubt about it. I, I did my uh, first bungee jump and my first skydiving. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my. And I, and I really think those are no, – now I, now I can't wait to do the next thing. But the point is is that, yeah, I agree. If, if you're afraid of something, it's only going to get in your way and it's only going to go bump in the night. But if you, if you conquer that fear – and you accomplish and you get through that fear, it is such an absolutely amazing feeling. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. And you you grow those courage muscles like you grow your physical muscles by doing stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, again, we're, we're going to be seeing each other soon. We're going to have a launch of leading women, 20 influential women, Share their secrets to leadership, business, and life, which you have done today, and you are one of those amazing leading women. So, Gloria, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your passion, taking your talents and your treasures also and putting them out there to help women in their leadership roles. And, again, I think we need to, uh, you know, we just need to keep doing what we're doing. But you know what? That We're climbing up that mountain. We're climbing up it. It's a moment. It's a moment, and it's it's an honor to be doing it hand-in-hand with you, Nancy, and I'm really looking forward to our book, Leading Women, coming out, and I, I think it's going to be a real service to many women who will find lots of good wisdom and, and good good information in it. Well, we're, 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 we've got a community that's growing, and I'm very excited about that. Thank you, Gloria, so much. You just have a fantastic day. Absolutely. You too, Nancy.